John with Ubaldi Reports. We're going to be going live shortly. And Ubaldi Report is a fact-based news service that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether globally or nationally. And this is done by veterans for just reporting factual-based news that you probably won't get from the media today. But today we're going to be hitting an issue that impacts everybody, the business community, families, individuals, everybody. And that's how gas prices have spiked over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I d- drove past the gas station on my way to work the other day. It was four twenty-nine a gallon. I turned around, it was five fifty-nine. And then yesterday I went to work, it was five fifty-nine. Now it's four fifty-nine. Four, I'm sorry, four fifty-nine. That's again, that was four fifty-nine. Then I come home, it's four seventy-five, almost four seventy-nine. So this impacts everybody now. The, my co-host Joe Bitts is just getting all the little tweaks and done so we can do a live streaming of this, which we do every Wednesday at 7.30 um, p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. That's 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We live stream it and we talk about issues that are impacting America today. So how are we doing, Joe? Where are we at? We're almost there. Okay, so we'll give us about a minute or two and we'll be going live. And if you have questions, type them in. And we'll try to answer them to the best of our abilities. And we love impact. Uh, we love input, so we can make this a great podcast. And then our goal is to do this every day, Monday through Friday, to let you know what's going on in the news. Yeah, and eventually, once Twitch gives us or uh, TikTok gives us a stream key, we can actually do a better. What's it called? Live streaming. <laughs> a better live stream where yeah. you, they can hear everybody. That would be nice. Okay, so we're good to go. Hey, everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one news site that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally and nationally. And with me, always, has had my co-host, Big Bad Joe Bitt, and then we have our fellow uh, Marine uh, Ray, and we're going to try to give you a great uh, podcast talking about issues that impact your lives. And the biggest one that's impacting everybody's lives today is Energy prices, most notably gas prices, have spiked the last few um, weeks, and they keep every day, they keep going higher, and it's impacting individuals, it's definitely impacting business, and it's making um, goods and services that much more expensive as inflation is up around past 8%, and I believe when it go, we get the report for, for May's inflation report, it's probably going to be in the... T- nine percent if not ten percent range because most of the month of may energy prices just rose to an astronomical level yeah and it's at its highest level ever recorded so as i start this how's it going joe it's great john i really want to just jump into this because we had a good conversation that you actually you're really good at this is like if there's a question i have i throw it at you and you come back and the thing is that with the increasing inflation, it's almost looked like I, I, I want to say it's going to be a bloodbath when it comes to the midterms. That has it's, not yet to be determined. It's looking like that. It's, it's, it's look, kind of looking in that direction. And I said, does Congress or the Senate have a power to override the president's executive orders? Yeah, and I looked that up today just to make sure I had my facts right. It's almost like a piece of a legislative matter. The Congress, both the House and the Senate, yeah. They can, they can do two things. First, they can write their own legislation that null and voids the president. Yeah. 
The second thing, if that doesn't work and they can't get enough, then they can do and the president can override that piece of legislation. And then Congress can come back and say, well, we're going to veto that. We're going to override your veto with a two thirds majority. Yeah. And I was just hoping that once if we do kind of shift seats to where it's more of a Republican House and then we get we gain a couple Senate seats and then we can kind of overturn this. Uh, well, just let you know, it's not as easy to overturn yeah. a veto. You need two thirds. That's sixty. That's um, the sixty vote threshold. I, I understand, and I mean, I can dream, John, because I just want them dream I, big. Well, because I think going back to it, this problem that we're having with inflation it all started when that first day in office, our president goes ahead and nicks nixes the Keystone Pipeline. Well, there was two things that happened. One, he nicks the Keystone Pipeline. That was the first predicated for this. But then he froze all leases and permitting on public lands. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest one was the American Rescue Plan, which is about a $2 trillion stimulus plan that was pushed into the economy. Now, Larry Summers, who I mentioned before, was the Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton, and he was the... um, one of the senior economic advisors to Barack Obama in his first term. And he and Steve Ratner, another economic advisor to uh, President Obama, stated that by pushing more money into the system, you just fit, you, you pushed it into the demand side, mm-hmm. but you didn't fix the supply side. Yeah. And that's the problem. They push too much money out, chasing too few goods. And it's kind of ironic that Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary for President Biden, she was also the Fed chair, and obviously she has a Ph.D. in economics, so she knows theory and everything. She just admitted the other day she was wrong. that she was wrong. And, she, and the, if you listen to what she said, there was all these other perfect storms that hit. Well, my no. question <laughs> to Janet Yellen is like, so you're an economist. Do you not think that throwing more money at a problem – and not fixing the supply side and getting more consumer goods out there was not going to have an impact on inflation. And that much which she never mentioned and President Biden never mentioned, considering he did an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal on Monday and how well, he hears the pain of America. He's going to he's working like a laser beam on inflation. But then he doubled down on blaming Putin, blaming COVID, mm-hmm. blaming his predecessor, blaming everybody but himself. And he still doubles down on we just need to spend more, tax more. That'll drive down inflation. Mm-hmm. And the question I would ask him, how does raising taxes on the business producers going to create more goods? Well, I mean, he went to economic school, I guess. So he knows what he's talking about. He ran a business. So obviously he knows what he's doing. But it's ironic you have Janet Yellen, who is an economist, who should have understand the basic tenets of inflation is yeah. too few goods chasing, um, chase, excuse me, too few goods. No, I'm sorry. Too much money chasing too few goods. Are we too far out of the, are we still so in the weeds that it's going to be a while to get out when it comes to like inflation and all this? Or is there something that the president can do right now in order to kind of maybe start lowering inflation and start because the way it looks like come at the end of june or end of this month we're going to figure find out whether we're on the verge of another recession are we not 
at the end of July, I think it's the 26th, that's when the first report from the uh, second quarter of the GDP comes out. Yeah. And then inflation kind of went down a little bit from 8.6 to 8.3, but now they're kind of looking at almost like 9.3. The reason is because the biggest draw um, aspect to inflation is energy prices. Mm -hmm. Now, the point that um, you made earlier, this is like a double whammy. Now, the president met with Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chair, yesterday, and he said, I'm not going to get in the Fed's way. The Fed can ask independently, and he kind of blamed President Trump, who— did get into the weeds with the Federal Reserve. But mm-hmm. the problem is he just kind of washed his hands. It's nothing I can do. It's all the Fed. That's not entirely accurate, and that's definitely not true. The Fed can do its best to control inflation by adjusting the interest rates. And in this case, they'll have to raise the interest rates. But there's something the president can do. One, stop spending. Yeah, And the biggest thing that would have a dramatic impact on Americans' lives is open the spigot for American energy production. We were energy independent, yeah. and now we're not. And yet we're relying on Russia, Iran, and Venezuela for our energy needs. Even Robert Ford Jr. said this about energy, and even Charles Lane, who's from the Washington Post, mentioned, that's great you want to go to green technology and green energy, but we're not there. The infrastructure is not there in the time you want because mm-hmm. they want to do it by 2030. So you're talking we're about, what, eight years out, and you have to have all the infrastructure, all the charging stations, everything in place to do that switchover. And that's where a point that you made before when you said that is this by design that uh, president and the Democrats want high energy prices? And I said, no, they just don't understand how the energy impacts the economy. Now I think you were right when mm-hmm. the president mentioned that high energy prices will get us to that new era where we can transition away from fossil fuel. Yeah, and about working on a supply and demand kind of structure if everybody all of a sudden wants an electric car because they're like, oh, we're going to spend less in gas, isn't that in turn going to create a demand for electric vehicles, which is going to take that sixty to $70,000 electric vehicle up, up past to maybe like well, the 80s the, to the 100s? If more people buy electric vehicles, typically the prices come down if the supply side is there, if there are enough electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you electrify the country... You need power. Yeah. And right now, they're they're closing natural gas plants. They're closing refineries. What they're, does electricity run off of? <laughs> yeah, and that's it. You need power. See, there's a couple things they haven't thought of. Electricity runs off power. And then if you do batteries, you need the, the rare earth minerals that goes in those batteries. Mm-hmm. So that means you got to mine the stuff. The mining part isn't the most environmental friendly. Yeah. So they want it's funny they want to curtail energy production in America, but at the same time they're begging OPEC, Iran, Russia, and um, Venezuela to to increase their oil production to send it to America, and we can produce it far cleaner than they can. That doesn't make any sense. So, like, I want to kind of maybe see if I can reverse engineer this. So, my idea when it comes to, like, taxes is that, like, uh, a fair tax where you kind of jack everybody's taxes, all goods. Maybe you can even get away with, like, fruits or necessities. 
7% or even jack it up to maybe like 8%. Okay. Everybody pays that. Nobody has to pay taxes anymore. So yay, John, you don't have to pay taxes. I don't have to pay taxes. Ray doesn't have to pay taxes. But the businesses that are the ones that are receiving all our money that are charging that are the ones that get, you know, that the IRS kind of like, all right, let's look at your taxes. And that's how they get paid out. I think that would be more of a proficient system. Now, let's, like I said, let's reverse that a little bit. I have an electric car. You have an electric car. Everybody has an electric car. So we're not using gas anymore. But that gas, instead of going to, say, you and I individually once a week, filling up our tanks for 100 bucks a freaking uh, at a time, if it goes to the power company, the power company's yet using that fuel to use the power to support all the electric vehicles. Does that, in a sense, we're using less fuel for the power from the power company yet we're still getting our electricity and then we're kind of bringing greenhouse gases down it it depends now the first wait, part wait, the, did i make sense yeah you okay can, the first part of the, the equation was taxes okay what people people have been talking about a flat tax a graduated income tax many different aspects but when it comes to the business community people need to understand when you're a business owner mm-hmm. you're not sitting on all this mountain of money all the time yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. what they do in the tax code, sometimes you're allowed to defer your taxes until you're profitable. Sometimes you take your money and you're investing it back in. So mm-hmm. if you're always paying profits, taxes on this, you're not going to be able to invest back into the company. It's yeah. almost like the replication of the 19, between 1935 and 1937 when Roosevelt raised the corporate income tax, raised all these taxes, and mm-hmm. businesses then couldn't invest back into their companies because they had to give that money to the government, and the economy went into a second Great Depression. Only World War II took us out of it. So you have to look at all aspects of this. But when it comes back to what you're saying with the the green technology, the, the, the battery packs, they're making the assumption that everything is – if we just switched, get rid of fossil fuel – Everybody can switch over. So right now, I think the average cost of an electric vehicle is between forty-five to fifty-five thousand dollars. How many people can afford forty-five to fifty-five thousand dollars for an electric vehicle? And then you have to look at the charging stage. There's a report in New Geography mm-hmm. that talked about California. Yeah, California uses more green t- technology for its energy needs. But yet their chargings, they have the fewest charging stations per capita of any state. Mm-hmm. And of those charging stations, some don't operate to full capacity if they work at all. Yeah. So we're talking eight years from now. Now take your house. Mm-hmm. You park your wife's car inside so she can charge. How are you charging your truck? Well, okay. I mean, I do have somewhat of a valid retort to that is that where I work, I mean, there are a lot of what to do around there. And I see a lot of, I do see a lot of Teslas. And I best, basically how it's set up is that there are, you can have like this home charging kind of station where you just run out like a cord, almost like a gas line to the actual charging port. So uh, that, if you're like in the vicinity of the garage or the driveway, yes, I could definitely see that. You know, going from what you're saying, parking in the street. No, I don't. I'm not going to see a Tesla charging station. And is that well, going directly to your house? But see, but that's the point. From this article in New Geography, 
the vast majority of America. My brother had a very beautiful home, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a garage. Yeah. So he had to park in, in the street. So I live in an apartment complex, and it's an older building. So there's maybe five or six spots in the front and maybe five or six spots in the back. Yeah. So if they put up charging stations, who's paying for that? The owner of the apartment complex. And what do you think he's going to do? He's going to roll it to higher rent. So what I heard, as I heard that Ray has like this V10 diesel guzzling Dodge <laughs> Ram. And know what he does? Just just, just to screw with people. I, he, I think he likes parking it in front of charging stations just to send a message. <laughs> that my diesel powers your electric supply <laughs> so you can charge it. But it's, it's <laughs> but like, like right now, there's reports that I've been viewing on the different economic channels. Mm-hmm. And reading about it from different economic reports and magazines, they're predicting that there's going to be brownouts this year. In the country or? Throughout the country. Because a lot of the country has gotten rid of or is forced to get rid of their natural gas plants, their refineries. And the reason is when President Biden said no more permitting and leases on federal land, he also empowered the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, and the Federal Reserve, which very progressive nominees. And like the SEC is trying to push that to the energy company, you have to factor in climate change throughout your process, meaning from the time you drill all the way to the gets to the gas pump into the tank of an um, individual car. See, what so I- my, my, my point is, by doing that, you're like, we're not investing. That's why they're not investing. There haven't been a new power plant, a new refinery built in the last 40 years. Well, that, but, I mean, we are kind of evolving to the point where, I mean, nuclear, okay, yeah, there's a fupa every once in a while where we have a somewhat of an issue of, I think Fukushima was the last one. There was Three River or Three Three Mile. Three Mile. And, you know, and then we had uh, Chernobyl. Well, there's but, two- I mean... I think our technology has kind of refined that to like we should kind of maybe invest more in a nuclear power, but there's also fusion power, but there's also another version of solar power, which I think they could use. But the environmentalists kind of get in there and got, kind of get in our way because they're fry, they're afraid of a few roasted birds going through the, the area. Okay, but then the other thing with wind and solar, that what people need to understand, wind and solar is very intermediate. Yeah, meaning it's if it's hot. Sun is clear, the skies are clear. You get a lot of power. Mm-hmm. If it's windy, you get a lot of power. But when it, it when it's it's not those things, you don't get a lot. Like take um, take wind. Wind the peak usage to gain to to capture that power is from two to four. The peak usage of energy is from five to nine when people get home. Mm-hmm. This is where. The, use, the, the, the power generated from sun drops considerably, and it's hit or miss. Yeah. It's not. It's almost like lightning. You never know when and where it's going to hit. Wind and solar is just it's not reliable enough, and it's been proven, and it's worked in. Uh, it hasn't worked in other states and other countries. California, like I said, uses more alternative energy, but they can't meet their energy needs. Every summer they have in the last four or five years. They've had brownouts. Now, Europe, the more enlightened, they use green technology far more than the United States, and they can't meet their energy. That's why they've been very reluctant. And even recently, they tried to stop 
getting Russian energy, mm-hmm. but they didn't fully cut the Russian energy spigot off. Yeah, because they need that. So people need to understand that you you, you can't just rely. It can be part of the energy grid, but it cannot be the sole supplier of American energy needs. So is there kind of like our economic state or our inflation kind of due to the fact that we're trying so hard to transition over to a green kind of America that it's this is how it's affecting us? It wouldn't it, would, Couldn't the president have taken a better seat or a better role of maybe just like almost like weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels and onto green versus i mean because then there would have been time to catch up it's like if you go cold turkey what's basically going to happen is that if there's not a plant a green plan in place by the next presidential election it's his all all any of his work that he's done is null and void and it starts all over again well it's just like anything else you can't do it just all at once you can still use green technology or uh, wind and solar as part of the energy needs Mm -hmm. until we can get the technology that it's pervasive throughout the economy. Now, it's interesting, George W. Bush, who came from oil, everybody ridiculed him, but I read his energy plan Mm -hmm. back in 2001, and I read the Democratic energy plan. Democrats were totally against drilling, but they said, let's have a feasibility study at the time to see if wind and solar is the way to go. Yeah. What George W. Bush wanted, we have to drill, but at the same time, let's invest in yeah. alternative fuel. So you have one and go in conjunction with the other until this one can catch up yeah. and it becomes more reliable. Then you wean yourself off the other one. But you can't do it all at once. And what the progressives want and the president, they want it done now without having a, the game plan, plan. a game plan. How does that look like? How does that impact business? How is it that they don't understand that it's affecting their the people that they're representing? Because that's I, what that's the, why they don't understand. It's like that's just it. I'm like, well, I'm going to do this to better our to better our country, but yet you're hurting our country in the process. Well, but I think there's two reasons why. One. This is what they always wanted, to get America off fossil fuels so we could buy electric cars and mass transit. But the second most important reason, I think, is they're not subjugated to their own ramifications. Mm-hmm. As much as people bemoan this, man, this guy, President Trump flipped the parties. Prior to him getting in, the uh, Democratic Party was always about the party of the working class. Yeah. And then slowly over the decades, it started to change. Just like the Republicans used to be the party of the big business, the corporate execs. Mm -hmm. Now it's flipped. If you have a college degree and you're highly educated, you're typically a Democrat. If you belong to academia, finance, the media, the tech companies, you're a Democrat. But if you don't have a college degree Mm -hmm. and you are a blue-collar worker, you're going to be a Republican. So they don't understand because, like, take Joe Biden. And almost all his administration. Joe Biden has been in the Senate since 1973. Then he gets elected as vice president in 2008. Yeah. So for about 40 plus years, he's worked in government. He does. He's never. Much as he said, "I'm Scranton Joe," he's never done anything. <laughs> yeah, he's got pillowy soft hands. I mean, he's. Ne- I would agree. He's never done anything outside of government. So when you're a senator, from age 29 till his late 60s 
everything is paid for. He had free health care. His travel was paid, taken care of. Everything was done for him. He doesn't understand he, the way of life of an average citizen waking up at yeah, 6, he, 7 in the morning, I, going to work till 4 or 5 o'clock. His wife probably puts on his socks for him. He's got someone okay. wiping his ass. That's okay, all but he is. Get this. Okay, let's look at this. What Ray had said. Does he know what it's like to fill? When was the, I would ask him, when was the last time Joe Biden filled up a, car, a tank of gas? When he was a truck driver, remember? Yeah. But, <laughs> the, but the thing is this. I don't think he's done that in decades. Yeah. So, and then his administration is the same one. They're academics. They came from money, or they've lived this sequestered world. So let's say gas prices do go up, which they are, and food prices go up. They have the money and the wherewithal to to absorb that cut. Now, I would like to know, and it's kind of a joke that runs around on Facebook, Mm -hmm. is they're always after Donald Trump's taxes because he's a billionaire. I would like to know is, how did all these um, political leaders become millionaires? AOC. Insider trading. I mean, take a look. It's at it. Look how much money Nancy Pelosi's worth. Remember what she scoffed at the idea of banning all um, stock trades and financial trades while you're sitting member of Congress? Because it's kind of ironic when a big deal was being proposed, let's say, by Microsoft and the Pentagon – Weeks later, what's announced, but before that, her husband and people buy. We know a congressperson that might have an insight on that. Yeah, so but it's just not. We can't like say, "Hey, here's a con." You know, I mean, they're far. I think they're they're there's not that many congress people to kind of like single that person out. Yeah, but the point is, when these individuals like Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they've never done anything in the real world. Yeah, so they don't like. Okay, as much as they hate Donald Trump. There was a billionaire in his book called what the book's called. Oh, I can't remember his book offhand. But anyway, the he's, art of the deal. The art of the deal. Thank yeah. you, Ray. How do you not remember that? It just escapes me. I'm sorry. Beat me. That's what happens when you're 57. Yeah, that's what 57. Old man and a half. <laughs> but in the art of the deal, there was this billionaire, and he looked down from above, and he see Donald Trump would always go talk to the the construction worker. He would go talk to the cement operator. The, the builders, the guys who got their hands dirty. That's why you asked me a question, or maybe you or somebody else asked me, would the supply chain disruption be this bad if Donald Trump was a president? And I said, no, it wouldn't. And the reason I said it, because as a builder, he understands that you have to get material to the job site, but you can't get it too early and you can't get it too late. You mm-hmm. can't get too much. And you can't get too little. Yeah. Too much, you got to send some of it back if you can take it back. So he had to understand all that. And this is in New York with all the corruption and all the politics. He was still on time. Well, and also that makes a huge difference. With our previous president, there was nothing that was said that if he was called out on it, he would fix it immediately. Also, he would use the powers that be, he'd get everybody together, and he'd be like, all right, you need to take care of this ASAP, because once the, yep. when the media kind of came after him, so like if there was a supply chain disruption, if there was a border pr- crisis, if there was problem like with Ukraine, Trump would be, once the media said something, and they would have taken a negative angle at it, he would have been there to stop it, just to shut the media okay, up. Okay, but here's an example of what you said. 
just a day or so ago, Biden was complaining mm-hmm. that his aides are always walking his comments back, and he doesn't like it. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Go for okay, it. okay. Okay. Hold on. Or yeah. and then also, he doesn't like that he's not getting the credit that he thinks he's due. Not getting an example. When you said an example, yeah. When there was a crisis, take the baby food formula crisis. Yeah. I didn't expect the president to know every nitnoid about everything. Mm-hmm. But the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which shut down the plant that produces the um, baby foam is 40%. Uh-huh. Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, oversees the FDA. Well, do you know why the president was so adamant about getting the baby formula out? Why? Because he knew Infamil was going to be next. Yeah. But the thing is, Joe, I mean, on a serious note, here he is. I had a colonel when we would have our meetings every morning, and he would go around the horn. Mm-hmm. And the one thing he would have fired us, and he did a colonel yeah. prior, a lieutenant colonel prior we went to Afghanistan. He fired him because he wasn't the right fit for what we needed to do. Yeah. And if we went around the horn and we didn't let him know and we blindsided him on something, he would have fired us. Yeah. Because which I don't expect Joe Biden to know everything uh-huh. about everything because he can't. That's when he sets his cabinet meeting. Okay, Javier Becerra, what's going on? Give me a sit rep. Re- remember? Yeah. Okay, but remember um, in the military we have something called CCIRs, Commander's Critical Information Request? Yeah. This is something. There's like 10 items that goes on the board. Everybody knows these 10 items. This is what the boss wants to know. If at 2 o'clock in the morning, if anything of these things get triggered, you wake his ass up. But wasn't a pre- wasn't our previous president, he was on the ball when it came to information. He was, but I mean... He was never really blindsided. I know, but because he empowered his aides, okay. and as Elon Musk, Musk said, as he says, forget what you think of Trump, he had capable aides yeah. and capable um, secretaries of each of the cabinet levels that knew their job because they did it. They lived it in the private sector. So is that something that we should talk about on presidential debates to see what you have to offer and who would be in your cabinet, too? Other than I'm just going to stand up there and just say an hour of what my people want to hear and talk about. Maybe we should see, hey, what do you got? Who's in your your deck of cards? I like that idea. The biggest thing they need to do when they have the debates, that's one aspect. But to be the biggest aspect is look at the background of the individual running for president and ask him questions accordingly. I wrote articles about uh, Joe Biden in 2020. I go, he was supposed to fix the problems that America was facing, whether foreign policy or domestic. Show me, like take foreign policy, show me when foreign policy, what he was going to do different that considering he voted for the war in Iraq, I mean, the, for the first Gulf War. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he voted for the first Gulf War. No, I'm sorry. Let me restate that. He didn't vote for the first Gulf War. He voted for the war in Iraq. Then when it turned south, he voted against the surge. He supported the war going into Iraq, Afghanistan, then didn't support it. He didn't support the raid to get bin Laden, didn't support the raid to get al-Baghdadi, didn't support the killing of Qasem Soleimani. So he was all in. This is Biden? This is Joe Biden. Then when it came to China, when China was, Nixon opened China in 1973, 72, 
Biden came into office in January 73. Biden was all in on every issue regarding China. How is Biden going to be tough on China when he wasn't for the last 40 years? Nobody asked him that. Then when it came to the economy, tell me what he was going to do differently when he's never done it before. How is he going to fix these problems when he's never fixed them before? He was part of the problem. Yeah, so he was part of a lot of other problems, too. I, I mean, and that goes for both sides is they don't ask tough questions. They ask like they, they never me, asked him about Roe v. Wade. He was on against Roe v. Wade. He voted against that. Well, I, going back to I mean, I always thought that there is I always thought there had to been someone running this country because I couldn't think that someone could do what they're doing right now in such a short amount of time. But now that I think about it, I mean, I would think anybody else that would be running the country could do it a lot better, even if they were not even trying. But see, this <laughs> but this alludes to this narrative someone else is running. Now, think about it. He's complaining to his about his aides walking his statements back. Yeah. Like what he said about Taiwan, what he said about Russia, what he Ukraine. said about a lot of Ukraine. If somebody would have done that, has anybody been fired? Has Javier Becerra been fired considering... Is that his chief of staff? No, Javier Becerra is the, the um, Health and Human Service Secretary. Okay. Now, think about it. When he came in, we, had, we were in the midst of COVID. Has anybody heard from Javier Becerra? This is somebody who has no medical experience. Mm-hmm. I don't even no know me- who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I've, the, I've heard of him every once in a while. He but. runs, when it comes to the medical for yeah. the United States, he's in charge of that whole apparatus. Yeah. But, okay. But uh, let's say the baby food formula. Has anybody asked Javier Becerra, well, did the FDA chairman let you know that there was a shortage? And considering they didn't have an FDA director – until one was nominated in November, mm-hmm. and he's finally confirmed in February. If this was such a big issue, why didn't you have somebody? Yeah. So all these things, I mean, these are questions I would like to know. Did the FDA director let you know we are going to shut down this plant that provides 40%? Did you know that? And if you didn't, then you need to be res- you need to resign. Well, I think like we, when it comes down to it, I don't even think our current administration is communicating with each other. So that's why we're kind of getting what we, where we are now. I, I would agree. And, it just, and this goes back to when we talk about rising gas prices, this impacts everybody. I'm impacted by this. It's expensive. Rent's gone up. Now think about it. When you fill up your tank of gas, and if it's almost like here in Florida, it's almost – Five dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying five dollars a gallon, what are the diesel operators paying? Diesel runs. <laughs> diesel runs the country. Every time you, all the goods and services that go to the supermarket, you need diesel for the trucks. Eighty percent of all goods and services go on long haul trailers. You need diesel. Mm-hmm. Every product you need diesel. Farmers, you need diesel for your tractors, your equipment. Planes, you need you need jet fuel to fly not just passengers, but you need uh, jet fuel to fly cargo all over the United States. So, this is and this is if think about it, if they're right, and gas prices go on the average um, five dollars by July fourth and six dollars by Labor Day, mm-hmm. what does that do to everybody's individual budget? Savings rates have dropped. 
but credit card debt's gone up because people need money to buy. Yeah. They're just li- trying to live. I mean, it sounds like we're all talking. It really just sounds like as long as nobody's taking accountability, people are suffering. Yeah. And you could take that all the way to the government, all the way down to a police department. You know, I do have a motorcycle, so I could probably save a lot of ga- money, gas money. But it's all this stuff everybody's facing. Yeah. And when you have a president says, I feel your pain. No, he doesn't. But he's doing nothing. <laughs> but, he's no. do, but, Joe, he's doing nothing to fix the fundamental thing that, he's, that he can fix. That is ramp up American energy independent that we can help our allies and we can help the United States create jobs here. Yeah. Do an operation warp speed when it comes to energy production. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm a doctor. I'm like, hey, Ray, how's your broken leg? Because that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's all this, and, and this is going to be a long summer, especially if we have rolling blackouts. Well, well do you, you really think that's going to happen in Florida? It could. It gets hot enough. Oh, down well, here. where are we getting our power from? I think our, I think Florida's getting their power from Florida. I, I'm more concerned as a young individual who I've looked at the national average median of a household. And I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to afford the oh, yeah. electric vehicle when I know a lot of people who are 28, younger, are like, oh, a $2,000 Honda Civic that I'll pay off in a few months? That's feasible because that'll get me from A to B, and I don't have to go buy a $60,000 base model Tesla because I can't even afford to get out of my parents' house. You said it best when uh, the listeners can go back to one of the, I think, a good podcast is Biden's America. Exactly. Look for Biden's America because Biden's basing everything off of California, and California is the last no. state we God, should be. No. no, but you made a good oh. point earlier, just a few seconds ago, and you said, "Well, this is Florida; we shouldn't be facing rolling blackouts." Mm-hmm. But energy companies operate all over the country, and they, no matter if you're in Florida, they still have national standards they have to go by. Okay, so we're not investing in new refineries. New char, all, new areas to uh, new pipelines to move energies from one part of the country to the other. Yeah, and we're going to face a problem, and this is going to impact the business community. Because I remember in California a year or so ago when they had rolling blackouts, it decimated small business. And let's say you're a, a mom and pop food mart, and the power goes off. Well, you got a refrigerator that goes down, and you got freezer goes down. Now I worked at a restaurant. If the if the the food in the freezer goes below a certain certain temperature, you have to throw that out. And insurance only covers so much. And if let's say you have stuff in the the refrigerator, if it drops, if it goes, if it rises to a certain temperature, that's it. You can't just oh we'll re-refrigerate. That doesn't work. that may work at home, mm-hmm. but that doesn't work. In a in a restaurant industry, so I need a generator, don't I? Okay, but let's say for a home. You're on a fixed budget. Yeah. You're living in an apartment. The heater, the power goes off. Now you lose all your food in your refrigerator because you may not have the the space to put like a what do you call it a cooler to put your food in. So Americans are feeling this, and it seems like the government doesn't understand. And again, where's Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation? Where the Secretary of I think it was uh, Commerce. No, the Secretary of Energy. She kind of laughed it off, mm-hmm. and then she said, this is something we have to do. And remember, President Biden twice before the invasion of Ukraine tapped, in, tapped into the Strategic Petroleum Reserve 
to try to offset uh, rising p- prices. Yeah. So his argument doesn't play out. Where all he had to do was turn on a pipeline, and we would have been. Well, it's turn on a pipeline. Make sure you, the, the energy companies can drill. Yeah. Get the permit. Because once you open. get the per, the permits, now you got to have all the infrastructure you need, and you need capital. Mm-hmm. Don't prevent the energy companies from getting capital. So uh, I did have a question. It's right there. When it comes to greenhouse uh, admi- uh, emissions, where is the United States rank? And has it gone down since Biden has taken office? Is it the same? Has it gone up? I that mean, I don't know, but I know this. Because under Trump, we transitioned over to natural gas, which is one of the cleaner of all fossil fuels. Yeah. Our green, this is prior to the pandemic, our greenhouse gases dropped in relative comparison to Europe, mm-hmm. who uses more green um uh, an alternative fuel. And this is not from some conservative websites. This is from the United Nations reported the United States' greenhouse gases dropped considerably in relative to Europe. The only one that's going to benefit for us decratering our economy but in cratering our, um, our energy sector is China. Why don't you go ahead and say hi to John Rivera? Hey, John Rivera. Oh, you mean the fellow next- Devil Dog? How's it going? Always miss seeing you. Miss uh, talking with you. All right. So, why don't you go ahead and tell them where they can get a hold of us, John? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail dot com. That's ubaldireports at gmail dot com, or you can go to all the um, social media platforms as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And let us know what you think. Spread the word. We're going to try to be – our goal is to do this live streaming every um, Wednesday. But we want to do this every day so we talk about what's going on around the world, what's going on in the nation, some of the top issues. We'd like to take your questions. And then we – once we do go five days a week, then we want to bring in live guests who have expertise in various topics to kind of talk about some of these things. And then you can ask these guests these questions. So – We'd love to hear from you, so keep it up. I'd like to thank Ray and Joe providing good content on our podcast to keep this going. All right. Everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. And keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.